Let's do it. This is Buccaneers Total Access, Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians. Dropping back to throw Brady. Has all kinds of time. Throws a deep pass far sideline toward Godwin. It's caught. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Brought to you by Advent Health. With award-winning care and a network of convenient locations, Advent Health is here to help you feel whole. Learn more at yourcareyournetwork.com. Fire the cannons. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Bruce Arians. Welcome back to another year of the Bruce Arians show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And thanks again for doing this, coach. Oh, it's awesome. Love to do it. Awesome. So, I mean, I feel like I got to start with how it felt week one this year versus last year. You know, talk about continuity. I mean, that had, <laughs> that had been the big storyline. But then when you actually got out there, did it feel as different as, as maybe you thought it might compare to last year? Yeah, strictly because of the energy in the stadium. You know, for as far as our players and being prepared and ready to go, all that was normal. But the energy in the stadium was just fantastic. And I know that uh, you had talked about how important the moving on from last season is. And then, of course, there's a big ceremony before. But you guys were all in the locker room, basically. So it, it didn't even you didn't even have to tell the guys to kind of ignore that, right? Yeah, it was just a matter of coming out and getting ready to get going. It was a long wait to start the game you know <laughs> normally uh we'll have the coin toss we'll play this time we had the coin toss oh wait a minute we have to have the anthem still so it was a kind of a long stretch on the sideline now i know that for the last preseason game and this first regular season game you're starting offense first drive not how you really want it to go second drive this precision in this game you know 94 yards down the field what have you seen is it a coincidence or is there something about that first to second drive recently yeah there's a couple of little scenarios that are that are similar but uh, it's just a matter of not making that first first down on first or second down to stay the heck out of third down and I saw Leonard was out there for the first play which I guess would technically make him the starter and I always think it's funny fans are always wanting to know about the idea of who's the starter would you say that that is not a term that matters to you guys as much as maybe it does to the outside world in the way you view your two running backs? Oh, totally. Really, all three running backs. You know, that Eve have a role, and it's just the time of the game, whatever uh, different scenarios, uh, they're all starters. So it's just there's no expectation level that's any different, whoever's out there. And I know the two turnovers were both things that each of those guys – not what they expect of themselves, not what you expect of them. Uh, what did you see in each of those plays and then the message you had for them after it? Yeah, I mean, Roe was running hard and running good and, and uh, you know, just lost the ball and uh, got to hang on to it in that pile. And, uh, you know, Lenny came a little bit quick out on the screen. You just got to catch it. Don't t- whatever you don't tip it up in the air. And uh, if our guard would have got out a little faster in front, just a, just poor execution on that play. Everybody was in a little bit too big of a hurry. And so now for you as a coach, when there are guys that have those mental mistakes, whether it's that or, you know, Godwin's fumble, how do you try to handle those moments? And what do you want to see from your players? Move on to the next play. You know, there's, not, there's no good on dwelling on it. And uh, you correct it, you move it on. And, uh, you know, I was just happy Chris got a chance to come back and, and make the big play to win the game. And uh, never would doubt in my mind he would. And Gio, one of the few new additions to this team, uh, I know he only had a couple catches in that game. How much was it about just what the Cowboys were doing or him still being new? How much do you expect him to be a part of the game plan moving forward? Just a couple catches a game is great. I mean, we don't design a heck of a lot to throw to our backs when you have all the receivers that we have. So uh, there are there are times when they are the mismatch, and let's, let's find him, let's get first downs. So with Lenny and, and Rojo having them together for a whole year, 
What are the expectations you have for each of them this year? What would be considered success in your mind for each of those guys and the role you want them to play in this offense? I'd love to see them both have 1,000 yards, you know, or 700 and 250 catching. So to be over 1,000 yards combined uh, for both guys would be fantastic. And, you know, you're famous for the no risk and no biscuit, but we know you want things to be balanced. We know you want to get that run game going. Now that you have had Brady here for a year, the offense here for a year, does it make you feel like you can air things out more because there is more chemistry? Or do you still stick with the same amount of desire for that balance? Oh, it's always about balance. I mean, for me, the no risk and no biscuit part is, is to take the shots down the field after you set them up. You just don't come out firing shots down the field unless you got great matchups. You know, right. and uh, and don't 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 take a check down when you have a chance to throw it down the field, and uh, so yeah. But balance is always key. We want to run the football. We saw, you know, we talked about that first drive not really being what you guys wanted, but then man, Bradley Pinion came in, sixty-five yard punt to completely flip the field position, and I think it tied a career long for him. Uh, how important was was a moment like that? I think special teams we just don't always give them the the credit they deserve for the role they can play in a game. And, and how excited were you for for his contribution there? Oh, he got a game ball. I mean, he had a great job pinning him down there three times. Actually, our special teams I thought won the game um, with him pinning them back. Jaden Mickens doing his job on return, setting up a great field position, and then obviously Ryan kicking that that field goal to win the game. And people realize Zach had already torn a tendon in his finger on the second punt and played the rest of the game with a torn tendon in his finger and just did a heck of a job of uh, finishing that thing off with a great snap for the game winner. Yeah, that's I love when we can even give a long snapper some credit. Talk about people who get overlooked. Yes, indeed. That's great. Um, How about that second drive after the first one with the three and out? I mean, you have... You know, Godwin making some big plays, Gronk, A.B., you got all these guys making huge plays. I just feel like, is that drive to you the ideal drive? Is that almost how you, if you could script it, how you would want it to go? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, we very, had very few third downs. You know, it was just chunk play, run the ball really, really well, chunk play, chunk play, and uh, and get points. You know, the whole thing's about getting points, and uh, you don't get 60 to 80-yard drives very often without chunk plays. And that was the the touchdown by Chris Godwin, and, and then we know he had that. He had the huge catch at the end of the game to set up the field goal, did have the fumble in the middle. So we talked a little bit about that with the turnovers and, and moving on. But from him in particular, how would you evaluate his game overall and then what you saw of how he was able to move on and still make a huge play after yeah, that? Yeah, it, it, it was a really good game overall. I mean, there was two plays. Obviously, the fumble was just a great effort play but and, and a good hit on him. And then I like to see him make that really great catch where the ball, he's going this way, the ball comes over his opposite shoulder, he spins around. I expect Chris to make that catch now. And, and uh, it's a great catch for anybody, but I expect Chris to make it. So other than those two plays, he was fantastic. And I think with both the turnovers and penalties, uh, I know that there are aspects of that that are not what you want in a game. But the, the turnovers in particular, it sounds like they're, I mean, at least you have the Hail Mary pass mm-hmm. and even that hit on Godwin that, you know, these are not necessarily these big, you know, errors that the mm-hmm. offense is making. So, um, but did have over 100 penalty yards, which I know for you is probably your most angry moment as a coach when you yeah. have those penalty yards. So from the mental side of the game, how would you evaluate overall? Uh, very average. Uh, for for what we practiced and the way we played, we can play a lot better. So for me, you know, I've always said you can learn a heck of a lot more from almost losing than you can losing because by almost losing, you listen. In that meeting, you don't tune it out. I'm not taking the blame. 
most guys will stand up and take the blame. So you can give them, you can give it to them real good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, and there was a lot of that to go around. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I think I saw that you guys are the first NFL team ever to give up 450 yards of offense, lose the turnover margin by three, and have over 100 penalty yards and win the game. So as much as, again, those are not the stats that you're going to want to have, you know, what does that tell you about this team's ability to pull out a win? Why were you all able to have those stats and still come out the right side of it? Well, I think the, the, the time left on the clock, uh, once we had a minute 24, whatever it was, there was plenty of time. We, we knew we'd, we'd get down, we'd have a shot at a kick. And um, the guys made the plays. So there, there was no big, deep breath, oh, my God. We got, it was a lot of calm, confidence on the sideline. Been here, done it. And uh, I think the resiliency that we, we built last year showed up in this game. And Mike Evans uh, got a big first down on that second drive. He ended with three catches for 24 yards. And um, I know it is not possible to get everyone big numbers, which is a great problem to have that you have so many weapons that we would need the game to be about another quarter longer to Mm -hmm. probably get everybody the the ball in the way you'd want. Uh, What was it about that game and the way the Cowboys were playing him where he wasn't going to be the guy with the big numbers in that particular game? It really wasn't. It just happened that way. And, uh, I mean, we don't design plays for players. We just assign routes, then you read the coverage and distribute the ball. And that's the beauty of having Tom. No one's going to bitch to him or not. They're not going to get the ball. So it's, uh, but Mike's not that kind of guy. Mike's like, we won, let's go. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. And I think that last year there was some discussion of maybe some times of trying to get Mike mm-hmm. the ball. Do you think that's something that has changed for you guys as a coaching staff where was that something you were trying to do that you realized, you know what, we do need to just let it come to the, the guys? Or are there times that you are going to be more focused on oh, getting there, it to there, certain There people? are definitely certain plays designed that he's the number one option. And, uh, and we have plenty of those still. And everybody knows that also. So... Um, but don't force it. Don't force it. Casey Phillips here with head coach Bruce Arians. And, I mean, Rob Gronkowski, man, looking like Benjamin Button, just aging backwards. I don't know what's in the water here between him and Tom and then Mike looking so healthy. Everybody's just got a new bounce in their step after winning that Super Bowl. Yeah, it was a, it was a great offseason by all those guys. And uh, and they came back in the probably the best shape they've been in in years. I mean, Mike, I never he never even wanted out, but he never took a day off. Gronk, we obviously managed his load a little bit, but he's in fantastic shape, and Tom's Tom. Yeah, it's so true. Tom is Tom. And I feel like for Gronk, I mean, first of all, he finished eight catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, what a performance. But I, I also just made me laugh of, you know, remember when he was just a blocking tight end, you know. Uh, I think that, was, that sounds like some pretty good blocking he did there for those for those <laughs> touchdowns and everything. What, what's worked so well for him in this game, and, and how different is it seeing him come in now having this whole year under his belt in this offense? Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, he played every game last year with that first time in a long time and uh, came back in even better shape. So, yeah, so his, his workload can go up in games. Uh, we have a great tight end room, so we've got a lot of confidence in all those guys. But uh, Rob had a heck of a ball game. And take us through his two touchdowns and, and those plays and what worked well. Well, <laughs> the first one, he wasn't supposed to be in there. And uh, Just like you drew it up. Yeah, and it was probably the opposite way we drew it up. But he and Tom... <laughs> He and Tom made a play. The second one, that great communication. I had mine might have them backwards, but the the one where they're in all out blitz and Tom and Gronk had a nice communication on what we're going to do in this situation, and it was extremely well executed. What does that do for you as a coach when you know that you have guys like Tom and maybe Gronk that a the chemistry, their football IQ, 
the way that they can make adjustments out on the field even after their your your part is sort of done. Mm-hmm. What is what does that mean uh, for you? I mean, when when players can adjust and make plays on their own, it makes it so much easier, you know. And Chris and Mike and Tom now the year to AB, all of them have a year to, of just they can start looking at each other and know what we want and and change little bitty things on different coverages just from looks. And um, it'll get better and better, I think, as the season goes on. And speaking of A.B., uh, I mean, another guy with an incredible game, five catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Um, what worked really well in his matchups in this game? And then, and then same thing of what you've seen from him as the difference in getting to start the year with the team as compared to coming in late. Oh, tell you, yeah, same thing. Great cap, you know, um, had the knee surgery, got rid of all the, the old problems he had with his knee. So he, he looked like he was about 25 again also. But, uh, you know, he, he was blessed on the touchdown. Chris ran a great route. And uh, Tom was looking at Chris, pumped it, and just bit the safety, and, and A.B. had run by the corner. So uh, all it was make a good throw, make a good catch. It was an easy touchdown. We knew that coming in, Dak, you fully expected him to be Dak, you know, mm-hmm. that to not act like he was a guy that had come off an injury. And, of course, they have those three incredible wide receivers, Zeke Elliott. So overall, what was your thought of the defensive performance against a, a pretty potent offense there? Yeah, I think they, they caught us a little off guard throwing it 58 times, you know, and not really trying to establish the run, um, thinking they would come in with that big offensive line and, and, and try to pound Zeke more. Uh, but they spread us out. They had a nice game plan. They throw it real fast. Um, we got to tackle better, and we got we got to adjust to some different screen looks a whole lot quicker than we did. And uh, I think as the game went on, we adjusted a little bit better. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good game plan by them. I think our defense um, would like to see teams try to run the ball more. And, uh, and and so we can play our style of game. But uh, overall, I think some guys played outstanding and uh, and a couple guys uh, really struggled. And, of course, losing Sean Murphy Bunting to the injury. Um, first of all, explain what he has meant to this defense and even a lot of times, especially that slot position, what that means in Todd Bowles' defense, what all is asked of them and, and how important he is individually and that position overall to this defense. Yeah, the nickel spot is, is huge in our defense, you know, because you're a blitzer, you're a cover guy, you control the middle of the field, you do a lot of disguising of coverages. And Sean is a really bright, bright player. And uh, and then when he's outside in base defense, he's a heck of a corner. So yeah, it's a huge loss in that regard. And then, you know, Ross had to come in and basically take over that job, play all the special teams. He was gassed pretty good by the end of the game. <laughs> he played a lot of football in that game. Yeah, so what, there's the Ross aspect of it and just overall the ripple effect of losing a guy like Sean for however long it's going to be, which I don't know if you guys have gotten any sort of an update on him of how long you think he might be out at this point. It's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of four to six. Okay, so in that four to six week period, um, how, what is the ripple effect of that, of who all moves around and takes what spot, and, and how comfortable do you feel with the depth at the DB positions to be able to do that musical chairs? Well, the, be- the best part, we get Jordan back. So once we get Jordan back, we're, we're set back at safety. So And then the flexibility of Mike and Antoine being able to play nickel, uh, Ross playing nickel, still gives us a lot of flexibility. Dee Delaney's coming on as a young corner. You know, Jamal Dean had probably his worst game ever. He'll bounce back and have one of his best. I know him. And uh, Carlton had a great game. So we still have enough pieces, and, and they're still movable parts. So uh, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have any more. Right, yeah. Uh, and what was it for Jamel Dean that, that was so tough for this game and, and the things that you think he'll be able to take from it? 
Yeah, I mean, he got picked on a bunch over there on that side. They, they kept going three by one back to his side, and, uh, and he had a he had a tough cover, you know. And uh, but um, he'll bounce back. He he was going through some personal things also, so he'll bounce back. I got all the confidence in the world in him. And Jordan Whitehead, I know, been kind of monitoring that progress for a while. Uh, after the game, you'd said you thought he was getting close. Do we think this next game might be when he's going to be available again? Yeah, he'll he'll be up and ready to go. And he, it would have been really pushing him, but he hadn't practiced in three weeks, so there was no sense putting him out there against Dallas. But uh, you know, he he'll be back. He brings he brings another force to the to the back end. Yeah, what what will that mean, especially now knowing you're going to be without Sean Murphy Bunting? How important was that to get him back in there, and what does that free up? some of the other guys to, to be able to do. Yeah, it, it, well, we brought Andrew Adams up to the active, and uh, so we, we now have eight guys that, that are very interchangeable uh, as far as four corners, four safeties, and three guys that can play inside. And it eases up some, some special teams duties on some of those guys who have to play all the defensive snaps, and then when someone gets hurt, play all the special team snaps. Yeah, and I, I know that you guys were so thankful to have Andrew Adams up there, and he just, I mean, man, incredible how quickly he contributed. Um, looking at the more the, the front seven part of your defense, uh, I mean, I feel like Devin and Levante, we just kind of wash, rinse, repeat of knowing what they bring, but let's go ahead and brag on, on them and, and some of their play and what you saw from them. Yeah, they, they, it wasn't their style of game. Just be, they, they were basically defensive backs the whole game, chasing and running, and uh, that's one thing they can do very well. And uh, Levante did a great job of running down some of those screens and uh, it wasn't Devin's favorite type of game to play, yeah. that's for sure. And uh, but it was Shaq and those guys their favorite way to play. But uh, it as a group, uh, they were throwing it so quick it was hard to get pressure. We batted a ball or two down, but we did have a couple of big sacks and um, look forward more to a maybe a balanced approach from someone else. Yeah, and and yeah, because we know that defense loves. The fact they're defending that number one run defense title. And uh, we did see Shaq get in there and get a sack, just starting off how he always starts off, it seems. And uh, so outside linebackers in particular, what did you see from them? And, and now Joe Tryon Schoenka's first real game. Yeah, uh, Joe Joe got in there. He, he did well. He got after it. JPP, we moved him around a bunch. Uh, Shaq had to sack. I, I expect more. You know, I, I just expect more out of those guys because of what they're capable of doing. I, I thought... You know, Vita had a great game inside, and uh, we should have been able to, to use his push up the middle and get some more sacks, I thought. Yeah, can I just speak for all the fans and say more Vita on offense? Can that can that just be a can that be the plea? Oh, always have something for Vita on offense. I, I love that. I just I can't even imagine the terror at watching him come barreling down. He's terrifying enough on the defensive line, and then you give him that head of steam at fullback. You're you're just you're over there scheming. I can just it's see. It's always it. fun to watch. Casey Phillips with head coach Bruce Arians. Uh, I've noticed you got to go to Virginia Tech this weekend, and I mean this is the one of the perks of winning the Super Bowl, and you get that little mini bye weekend to begin here. How special was that for you to get to go there and, and take the Super Bowl ring and show it off? Uh, it was awesome. We had such a good time. My my wife, my son, his wife, we went up, and uh, you know Sandman is fun when 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 they jump, and then I did the yell at at start the third quarter, but uh, yeah, to get around all the quarter cadets and all the kids and everybody put the ring on, get, must have taken 5,000 pictures, but it was a blast, and uh, uh, it, was an, it was an excellent big-time weekend for us. That's great. So now I know you're back to business and looking ahead to that Falcons team, and I know typically it's kind of nice when you have a division opponent that it's, it's probably a little less scouting required than other people, but now they've got new coaches and, and some different personnel in there. So knowing that, what are some of the things that have already stood out to you or that you're having to pay attention to you might not have otherwise? Yeah, yeah they're, they're very, very committed to the running game now, and uh, they're using Cordero Patterson as a runner back some more. Uh, but 
Matty Ice is in a really comfortable spot in that offense. It's something that he did a couple of years ago with Shanahan, and and he's always a threat. I, I think Matt Ryan's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league, and then Ridley, Cage, Pitts, all the weapons they have now. So uh, offensively, they're a threat, and uh, Philly did a good job with them last week, but uh, we're expecting a better shot out of them and, and a better feel. They're probably first game jitters also. Defensively, Dean Pease is, is an old, old veteran coach, and he loves to bring the house all the time. So it'll be a heck of a challenge for us. Did you do a little dance when you heard Julio Jones wasn't going to be in your division anymore? <laughs> really, yes and yes and no. I, I think our guys ha have done a good job against Julio, but when you put him again, Ridley out there together, it's tough. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts being a, a definitely a, a big addition for them. What did you think of that that pick and, and what he adds to their offense? He's an amazing, amazing athlete, and uh, you know I, I didn't see as much use out of him last week. We're expecting to see a lot more of him this week. Well, that was head coach Bruce Arians, and coming up on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health, is offensive coordinator Byron Leftwood. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. It's intercepted, picked off down the sideline, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown Tampa Bay! Touchdown Buccaneers, Jamal Dean! Now more with head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. All right, we are here with offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. Byron, thanks so much for being with us. No problem, thanks for having me. So, I mean, your role in helping the team move on from the Super Bowl, because that's all we've heard, I feel like, from B.A. the last mm -hmm. however many months now is, oh, that's over, we're done, we're moving on. What did you feel like your role in that was as an offensive coordinator to, to switch that mentality to the next season and put that behind you? Just to make sure we work on the improvements, uh, make sure our guys understand what we got to work on to get better. Uh, obviously, we did a great job of winning the whole thing last year, but it means nothing this year, and we have to get better as a group. I know we got the same group, but there was things that we still needed to improve on. So as the coordinator, my job is to make them aware of that. The good thing is we got a good group of men that come to work every day. And when you tell them we need to fix stuff, they do a great job of coming in, working on it, and trying to fix it. So that was really off-season, look at what we need to do better, really dissect what we didn't do well, look at what we really did well and try to continue doing those things and just try to make sure we're above the line everywhere. Just make sure we're above the line everywhere to make sure we're doing everything we need to do to be at our best. And I feel like the, the big storyline coming into the season was how nice it was that you guys had an off season. You had all these guys back, the continuity after last year where so much was new in terms of some of the guys out there having Tom. How different did it end up actually feeling week one this year as compared to last year? What were some of those tangible things that after we talked about that, how did you see the continuity really manifest? Well, it was night and day. For one, me and, at this point, me and Tom really know each other. You know, we really know each other. I think I, we know what we are as an offense. I think uh, going into last year, we were going to figure that out as we go out there and play, and then we'll decide what we're going to be as we realize what we do well. But we couldn't find out what we do well until we got the football games. And that was the difficult part of just trying to figure out what you're going to be, how you're going to attack people without practice. That's what made it tough last year. This year, I think we got a better idea of who we are from a personnel standpoint. We got a better idea of what we are as from a skill set. So I think now we can just worry about what we need to do 
to attack people and do things that we need to do to score points. And what were those things last year that as maybe and how similar or different were they to what you thought they would be looking at this personnel group that as you learned your strengths and weaknesses and, and what you wanted this offense to look like, what were some of those things? Well, I always say that offenses are based on the quarterback, right? But we needed reps with the quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? We needed reps with Tom to see how he would see things, how he would where the ball would go in certain concepts, because it's different. For every quarterback, it's different. That's what the big difference is. It's just knowing him, knowing how he's going to execute, knowing where the ball is going to go. I know where the ball is going to go 85 90% of the time before it even gets there, just off of knowing what he's going to do, knowing the coverage, knowing where his instinct's going to take him. That's the key, what his instinct's going to take him. Because we say we'll do this and do that, but you need that rep. You know, I need to throw that ball to Chris. I need to throw that ball to Mike. I need to throw that ball to Grunk for me to say, okay, yeah, this is how I'll do that. And that's what we needed to do last year. And we got through it. We got through it last year knowing that we needed to win football games in that process. And that's what we tried to do last year. This year it's a little different. Now it's more about let's try to go out and be the best that we can possibly be. And we saw both quarterbacks airing it out, throwing a lot of passes in that game. I think both guys threw over or had over 50 attempts maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like now that you have that continuity, especially there is the chemistry between Tom and his receivers, does it make you feel like you can air it out more? Or is balance still the number one priority? Oh, balance still the number one priority. I hate that we had 50 attempts because we wasted like 60, you know, (laughs) six of them. We threw the ball three times away at the end of the game and then – right before the half, right? So, you know, we got six attempts. I mean, we're able to do whatever we need to do. Obviously, we want to be more balanced. I think the way the game went with those two turnovers back-to-back, it took us out of a certain type of game that we wanted to play because now, you know, we we didn't have the ball. By turning over the ball, we couldn't possess the ball. So when you and got the ball... And an offensive ball, coordinator, you're a fan of having the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and we couldn't possess the ball. And... And like I tell our guys, when we possess the ball, it allows Mike Evans, Chris Garvin, Grunt, A.B. It allows you guys to make plays. The more we out on the field, the more opportunities we'll have for Rojo, Lenny, to make plays. But when you turn the ball over, it takes away from your snaps. And you you just don't have enough opportunities for everybody to use their skill set and make plays and help you win the football game. So that's what turnovers do for you. And that's just really what we got to clean up. Yeah, and if any team in the NFL wants and needs opportunities, it's this one when you have more weapons than any (laughs) human on the planet. How have you worked on that in terms of the decision of trying to get individual guys the ball versus just what comes to you? Are are you thinking about how many opportunities each guy has gotten? How, How have you grown in that idea since last year of the way you decide how you spread those out? It's really what comes to me, and then when it comes to me, it's where I'm going to put these guys. Uh, that's how I see it. It's really the, how I see it and what, where we need to attack, how we need to attack. Now let's put the guys in position, in their best position to have success. Uh, the whole thing as a coordinator is to put your best players in position to get the ball and to find ways to get your best players the ball. And that's always a thought. thought. The good thing for me is that I feel as though I got good football players everywhere. So if I can just get a guy a ball – that's a good guy in a position that we'll like and we'll like that matchup. So I just try to always think of putting them in position, putting them in one-on-one situations so they can display their talents. That's really how I see it. 
We're talking offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, and you mentioned how well you and Brady know each other at this point. Um, what are some of the things that you've learned about him in the last year that are either things that have surprised you about him or your favorite things about him? Just some of that stuff that um, fans and people don't know that's, that's that behind-the-scenes thing of him as a, as a person, player that you've learned. I love the way you see the game as a coordinator. I know I got a quarterback out there that's been through all situations. <laughs> every every possible football situation you can imagine. He's probably been in it hundreds and hundreds of times, right? <laughs> so I always know that he'll handle and respond to whatever is happening on the field at all times. That gives you comfort as a coordinator to be able to call certain things knowing who I have at quarterback, knowing that if I'm in a bad situation, he'll find a way to get us out of that situation. So the way that he really sees it and approached the game of football is appreciative as a coach because he's, what, year 21, 22, but he approaches it as if he's a rookie. He mm. approaches it as if he's, he knows nothing. He don't take nothing for granted. He thinks through every concept, no matter how many times he's done it. And when you watch him play, he, he makes the game simple, and he makes it simple. He don't clutter his brain with a lot of stuff that a lot of young quarterbacks do. He goes out and play the football game and do what he need to do to win the game or to practice that day. And that's what you appreciate in him for somebody to be who he is and to have that mindset and still be able to approach it that way 20-plus years into this game is an amazing thing. And how have you seen him impact the other guys on offense? What are the ways that maybe he elevates their game, either in the way he carries himself or just even the way he plays. I know Mike Evans has talked about the way that he even protects him. Some of that stuff that we might just see an incompletion, but mm -hmm. Mike sees how it's incomplete yes. and that he's not getting him killed. So what are some of the ways that he impacts the other guys, either in his mentality or his actual way he plays? First, his presence. As soon as he walked through the door, everybody knows who he is, what he stands for, what he's accomplished. So it gets everybody, it perks everybody up. It grabs their attention right out the gate. They know right now how we're going to approach this season, how we got to approach the game of football because your quarterback view it that way. As far as on the grass, within the lines, those are the things that you get with Tom. Those are the things that nobody will never know. Like you say, he'll protect Mike in certain situations. People, like you say, people will say, oh, that's an incomplete pass. Well, it could have been completed, but it could have been disastrous for the, the guy that he was throwing it to. So he's always great with ball location, He's great with awareness. He understands the game of football and how the game of football must be played and how he, how he sees the game of football allows these guys to play at a higher level because of the communication. Now they're all on the same page, and we're a dangerous football team when we're all on the same page. Yeah, I think that's very true. <laughs> and we've gotten to see, especially the offense being on the same page in the second drive of both the last preseason game and this opener. That the first drive, I know, was not what you wanted in either of those games. <laughs> yes. But then the second drive, just this precision. So what have you seen in terms of the start on the opening drive and then what ends up changing or happening in that second one? What, what has brought that about? Has that been just a coincidence in both of those games? Uh, I, I don't really believe in coincidences. Um, I, it just made me think of last year. I remember early on last year, we were scoring on drives early. First drive, we scored a lot the first eight weeks. The second eight weeks, for some reason, we didn't. The first drive, we wasn't scoring, but we scored on the second one. It was just like what you said. And our goal is to, my mindset is, every time we get it, let's try to score points. And that's our mindset. So anytime we don't do that, 
it's a failure on our part. We, our goal is to get it every time and try to score. And when we don't do that, uh, we see it as a failure and we, we try to make sure that when we get our next opportunity, we get that accomplished. And you mentioned earlier the, the couple turnovers. Um, take us through what happened with, with those guys, the running backs, and, and what you feel like is their potential, what, what went wrong, and what you're trying to work with them on moving forward to grow that. Well, both of them, right? Both of them, uh, when you look at them, you say they can't happen, right? You know, Rojo got to find a way to hold the ball. Lenny, you just got to catch the ball. But it was a lot within those plays outside of those two guys that we can get better at also to make those plays not be as bad as they were. You know what I mean? So in watching it, it's not just about Lenny. It's not just about Rojo in those situations. It's about all 11 of us. And when you look at all 11 of us on those two plays, a couple of us could have did some, made better decisions, done some better things in those situations, hopefully try to prevent that. But when they do happen, you just watch it, learn from it. Ain't nothing you can do but really move on within the game because you still got to do things you got to do to win that football game. And then you use this week of practice to try to correct it. All right, we are going to have plenty more here with offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access. Hot ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay Antonio Brown! Brought to you by Advent Health. What an answer by Brady in the box! With head coach Bruce Arians and Bucks insider Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. We have offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich here with us. And right before the break, uh, we were talking a little bit about the, the turnovers with the running backs, but I wanted to hear just your thoughts on them overall. I know a lot of fans are always asking us in our fan question segments about who's going to be the starter, who starts, and, and why. And I want to hear for you, how much weight does that, even, that word starter carry with them and how you view each of them and the roles they have? And, and is that something that fans care a lot more about and probably from fantasy purposes even than you guys care about? You probably have to ask Lenny and Rojo, but to me it means nothing, like to be honest with yeah. you, because you just look at last year, I, I bet guys couldn't tell you how many, just off a of hand, you couldn't name how many games Rojo started and how many games Lenny started last year. And we were able to accomplish our ultimate goal of winning the whole thing. So that's my approach of it. My approach is that I got three really good running backs and my job is to put them in position to have success. Uh, I don't really see it as if this guy's the starter, if this guy's this. We're going to put our guys in the game and allow them to make plays. Uh, That's how I view it, really, to be honest with you. It really don't matter to me which guy is in there. I think they're all talented, exceptionally talented, and just find ways to get them the ball, find ways to let their talent showcase itself. So from a starter standpoint, that really means nothing to me because when they're in the game, I know who's in the game, and my job is try to get the guys the ball. And so what are those situations for each of them that let them succeed the most, the, the different skills they each bring, and what that affords you as a coordinator, knowing what each guy has? Yeah, that's why as I always tell you, you got to know your guys. You got to know your guys to put them in position to have success. So I think we all know each other. That's the good thing about being around each other now going into our second year, the same group. We have an idea of who we are as as a whole, everyone. So now it's easier to put everyone in position because you know exactly what they are as a player. You're not, you're not in week four still trying to figure out what this guy's doing, what this guy does. You, you have a, I have a good idea of what we have and what our attributes are from each player and how their skill set can help us. So I just try to continuously let them 
let their skill set help us win football games. Regardless of who it is, really, it's just put these guys in position to, to win football games and help us win. And how about with Gio? He's he's one of the few new additions to this team. So <laughs> fans, of course, want to know, oh, wait, there's a new guy. Let's talk about him. Um, only had two catches against the Cowboys. I know he's a guy you guys were very excited about and his ability in some of those third down situations, his hands. Um, was it just more about this Cowboys game didn't particularly call for him as much? Is it something that he is still newer? You're still working on that? How much do you see this being typical of how much he's involved or, or certain games moving forward? Um, obviously, he'll have more opportunities in certain games. Uh, it's just that game, he didn't have a lot of opportunities. Uh, none of the backs really had a lot of opportunities really in that first game. So it wasn't nothing to do with Geo. It was just really the way the football game went and what we had to do to win the game uh, that day. So that day, Obviously, a lot of those guys didn't have a lot of opportunities, but these guys have plenty of opportunities as we move forward with the next uh, week in and week out. We'll give these guys more opportunities. Take us through the, the game-winning drive and what goes through your mind as a coordinator and how you scheme something like that up and what, what were some of those key decisions along that route? Well, we knew we needed three. Mm-hmm. So the thing was, like I said, every time we get it, we're trying to get points. And we knew the time wouldn't be an issue. We knew the time wouldn't be an issue. We work on this stuff all the time, so we knew that we'll have enough time. It's a lot of plays within that drive that we executed that nobody will never see, nobody will know. I think Grunk and Geo made huge plays within that drive that nobody would ever know that allowed us to keep as much time as we had to allow us to make the plays that we had to make to ultimately get us in position to be able to kick the field goal. So it's a lot of... A lot of belief, a lot of trust, a lot of uh, the guys felt good going out. You could tell by the energy. Guys went out on the grass and just knew, hey, we got to do what we got to do to find a way to get three or seven. It don't matter, and let's just get it done. And that was the approach, really, Uh, just going out there, making good sound plays and making sure we get the job done so we can have an opportunity to win that football game. We expect – we talk – I talk to these guys all the time. The NFL says – the game come down to who got the ball last, right? That's the percentages. So we practice those moments. We prepare for those moments all the time. And we was in that moment. We did a great job of executing. And Chris Godwin, I mean, huge plays like the touchdown and that big catch that set up the game winning field goal, of course, also the fumble that we know he'd love to have back. I just want to hear your thoughts on his game overall and what it says about him to be able to bounce back from a fumble like that to still have a very game-winning type play towards the end. Chris is one of our best players, and he's not a guy that really puts the ball on the ground. I mean, he's a, a guy that you can trust. And then watching the play, he did everything right. He had the ball tucked right. It's just football, right? Sometimes football happens, and when it happens, all you can do is respond. And that's what you like about him and the guys that we have on this team. Sometimes you work your tail off, you prepare for everything, you try to do everything right, but football happens, right? Football happens, and when it does, how do you handle that? I think he handled it well, which allowed him to be in position at the end of the game to make the play that he made, that we the big 25-yard game that put us in position to help us win the football game. That's, that's a testament to who he is as a player, but it's a testament to what we are as a team. You know, when football happens, good or bad, we're able to move on and make sure we're still doing what we need to do and focus and lock in so we can get everything accomplished that we need to get accomplished. And what does a player like Godwin mean to you as a coordinator? A guy who he can play inside, outside, he can block so well. I mean, is this just, yeah, you see yeah, your face is already every, lighted up. He's everything, up. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's everything. It's very, you know, it's, 
He's a unique player. He's a big guy that can run. He blocks. He's physical. He catches. I ask him to do everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ask him to block defense alignment, linebackers, Jeez. safeties. I put him in positions to just help us win football games. And he's always willing and capable. And most of the time, he gets the job done. And it's, anytime you have players like that, who's this multiple as Chris is, who is aware, his aware in football IQ is off the charts. That's what people don't really get. That's what allows him to make the plays that he make week in and week out. And for you to have had guys like Chris and Mike since you got here, um, we just hear so much about people assuming that wide receivers are divas or whatever. And for them to have been the leaders of this, that room since you've gotten here, how is that different? And I'm sure you even appreciate this as a former quarterback mm-hmm. who's, who's played with a lot of different wide receivers. What does that mean to you guys as an offense and for that room when those leaders are not the divas, they're the selfless, willing, willing to go block a D lineman yes, yes. When, when maybe a lot of wide receivers wouldn't want to do that? I, I know I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, Mike and Chris is special. They, they, they really allow us to do what we do. By having them, they allow everything to work because those two guys, like you say, I mean, as good as they are, as humble they are, there's so much about team. There's so much about team that they're willing to do whatever they can do to help to put their hand in the power for us to win football games. So I think when, like when we first got here, it started with them two guys. Them two guys set the tone. Them two guys allow us to really do what we do. And the way that they handle themselves on and off the field is excellent, right? Excellent. The way that their leadership that they have, the way the guys look to them. I mean, it's awesome just – very few superstars are like them, too. I mean, that's just being honest. Very few guys are like them, too. And as a coach, I tell you all, you just appreciate that as guys you're coaching when they're that type of football players and then that type of human beings, that type of men, the way that they are off the field. You appreciate that. It's a, it's a great thing to see every day. It's a great thing to be a part of as a coach, to be in it with those type guys. So... It's special. It's special to have them guys and the work that they put in week in, week out. You appreciate it as a coach. We're talking offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, and I know Mike didn't have one of his bigger games against the Cowboys, but I'm sure that's also something you know is, like you said, it's just certain games give certain guys opportunities. But I do know you guys have very high expectations for him this year, a lot based on even his camp. Can you explain a little bit about how he came into camp, what you saw from him, and, and how it might have been different than some of his other years even. Yeah, this is my third year with Mike, and this is the best like I've seen him, really. Uh, this is the best I've seen him. He had a great training camp, didn't have a day off in practice, attacked and approached training camp like he was a second-year guy. You know what I mean? The way he went about it, you know, the way he worked, the work that he put in. Uh, he didn't assume anything. He came in this year to work, to play his best, so... You, like I said, you just appreciate that. I mean, we've won the Super Bowl. It's a lot of people could have, we could be fat right now. You know, <laughs> we could be full right yeah. now. But for everything that has came our way after achieving what we achieved, but that's not our guys. That's not our guys. That's not the way they approached it. He came in and approached it the right way. And, man, you know, I'm quite sure to start showcasing itself. And A.B., I mean, man, having him to start the year as compared to last year, we had to get him up to speed later on. 
And, I mean, he, he showed he was ready. Five catches, 121 yards, a touchdown, big game for him. What did you see from him in that game in particular? And then just how having him to start the year affects the offense at large? Just the energy. The energy that he's always played with. I, I, I've known that energy for a long time now. That's all you've ever seen when he steps on the grass. That's how he approaches it. So he's another guy that we just continuously keep putting in position to make plays, put him in one-on-one situations. Most of the time he's going to win. <laughs> That's just who he is, right? So just continuously trying to put him in those situations to help us win football games, really. It's, it says a lot, really, about that group. That group works they tail off. That is a hard-working group of wide receivers as a group, not just those three. As a whole, that group goes out on the grass every day and really tease it up, really go at it every day, really put the work in. And now that we're beginning, we're, we're, we're better with each other, we understand each other, I think it'll showcase itself more out on the field on Sundays. All right, we have one more segment here with Offensive Coordinator Byron Leftwich on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. This is the Buccaneers Radio Network. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Bruce Arians now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. We have offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich with us, and we're talking about your plethora of weapons that just make your life so <laughs> wonderful, I'm sure. Uh, so we talked about some of the wide receivers. Of course, we got to talk about your tight ends. Uh, Gronk just doing doing Gronk things. You remember when he was just a blocking tight end? You remember, you remember that? Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember people used to say that yeah. about him, right? Yeah, I feel <laughs> they like... They didn't even give him a chance. They yeah. were just like, he's a blocker. Yeah. And you're over there like, wait a minute. But yeah, I mean, uh, with his eight catches, 90 yards, two touchdowns, it's, it's some good blocking that yeah. he uh, had. Great there. blocking. Great blocking, Great blocking in that first game. Uh, his energy at camp and, and what having him means for your offense. Yeah, I guess when he first got here last year, everybody wanted him to come out week one and be the same grunt that they that he left off, but they forgot that he took a year off. Football is not that way. You know, football, it takes time to get in football shape. It takes time to get your rhythm back in football, and I think he's there now. I think, uh, I think he worked his tail off early in the year last year, but without being able to practice, it wasn't just about Tom and all the – it was guys like Grunt too, Grunt, you know, just – hey, man, I can't practice. I'm here, but I can't practice. So how can I do this? How can I do that? How can I get myself ready to roll? Because you can work out all you want, right? You can work out on the side, but it's different when another human being is on the opposite side of you and you're pushing and fighting with this guy, play in and play out. That takes time to get used to. And I think he's there now. Obviously, he's, I mean, we all know what his resume says, who the guy is, what he's done in this league. He's another guy you just try to put in position, but I think he's playing at a high level right now. He's moving faster. He's getting around better. He has a better understanding of what he's doing now and where he's going to be on the field and where he's going to be asked to make plays. So he got a good idea of what is expected of him, and now he can go out and do his job and do it and add grunk to it, right? You know what <laughs> Which, I mean? That's saying something. That that grunk seasoning you sprinkle yes, in there, yes, you know? Yes, yes, And that's that's what you're seeing more of guys being able to put their own little spin on what we do as an offense. Uh I always tell these guys, we don't want robots. You don't want robots out there. I want you to be able to use your talent. And once you know what to do, now you can do it your way and get yourself open, do it your way to get this block taken care of. Because now you can add your long own little special things that make him a gold jacket guy. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. The things that make Mike special, the things that make Chris special. They can do those things now without thinking. Now that everybody knows what we're doing as an offense, guys can just be special. 
and I'm sure they love that and it helps their buy-in as well. And now both OJ and Cambrate missed some time in the, in the preseason and training camp with some injuries, but now you got that whole tight end room healthy and ready to go. How do you see the three of them working together, the roles they can have? Just, just how do you view that group? Well, I, I love that group. I love that group because all the different things that we can do with that group. We have everything in that group, right? We have a true pass catcher. We have a blocker who, like what we call Grunk, just a blocker, right? So yeah. I'll call him just the blocker, yeah. right? <laughs> just the blocker. Just a blocker <laughs> who gets a couple touchdowns. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And then we got Juice, who's like the Swiss Army knife. He can handle defense and ends in the run game. He can beat linebackers and safety in the passing game. Juice is just coming off a tough injury where he's getting back into it, but you're seeing it every day. You're seeing him work back into it every day. It's fun to have that type of group, to be honest with you, the way that they come to work. Like I said, I got a good group from a coach. You couldn't ask better guys to coach, really, the way that they approach it. And that group right there, that's a, that's a dependable group that we trust all the time that come through for us and make big plays for us throughout the year that people may not see. That's another thing with that group. They don't always see the great things that those guys do play in and play out to help us win football games. But I love that group because I got everything. I got every version of a tight end that you need. And then we talked about your big three wide receivers, but let's talk a little bit about Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Dart, and these guys. For, for those three guys, for you coaching them as wide receivers, what you see? Scotty, Tyler, Jalen, all those guys have really – you know, came in since we came in. You know, we drafted those guys, so we think highly of those guys. Uh, anytime you're playing behind A.B., Mike, and Chris, I bet obviously none of those guys feel as though they're playing enough. <laughs> but you don't hear about it. You know, you don't hear about it. They understand the situation they're in. Because we know, I've seen Tyler make big third-down catches all last year. I've seen Scotty make big plays for us to help us win all last year. So, the guys know that they'll still have opportunity to help us win and make, you know, make plays. So that's the same with them, just the way that they approach it, too. They, they are guys that if somebody's out, we can put in and we don't feel bad at all. We don't feel like there will be a drop off because we feel as though we got guys in the four, five, six position at our wide receiver group that can really make plays also with their skill set. That is incredible. Well, Byron, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I know you're, you're a busy guy and you got that Atlanta game to look forward to. Uh, but we, we always appreciate you taking time to talk with us here on the Buccaneers Radio Network. Thanks. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Advent Health. We had head coach Bruce Arians on in the first half, and now this was offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. So thanks for being with us. This has been your Buccaneers Radio Network.